This is Bedside, a podcast series on a mission to debunk sex. I'm your host, Tatiana, and each week we'll uncover stories, ideas, routines, and expert information to help guide you on your ever-evolving journey of good sex. We believe that through democratizing sexual wellness, we can shift cultural taboos and make way for authentic and limitless access to pleasure, joy, and connection to the body. Welcome back to the Bedside Podcast. Today, we're doing things a little differently around here. In light of the recent tragedy and mass shooting in Uvalde, Texas, that took place earlier this week, we're talking to the kids, the students who across the country participated in school walkouts on behalf of the incident and are taking a stance on the current climate of gun control in the United States. These are the same students who, for the past few years, have juggled a switch to online learning, a pandemic, and what many, including the CDC, have referred to as a rapid decline in teen mental health. I went to the scene where local protests took place, and as you'll hear in this dialogue, there's a lot of talk around mental health, but more so the sheer access we have to firearms in this country, and it speaks loud and clear. While there is data that points to a global mental health crisis, it doesn't look much different than it does across the globe. And it doesn't quite result in the same mass shootings we're seeing frequently in the US. Simply put, in America, a gun has more rights than a woman's body. This begs the question, what can we do on a local level to instill change? In this series, I'm not only joined by students protesting, but I'm joined by Erica Villardi Espinosa candidate for local Los Angeles school board, specifically LAUSD's school board district two. She shares with Bedside her thoughts on how we can begin to better instill systems that support the well-being and safety of students and educators alike. Live from this protest, here's what students have to say. Can you tell me what right now you're here doing and how you decide to organize this. Um, We're here to speak for the kids that are unable to speak for themselves right now. Um, And unfortunately there was a tragedy in Texas and that caused 19 lives but that could have been prevented. Our governments do so much to get elected and they don't use their voice to do anything about that. So we're here to raise awareness and gather people for that. So we're all super pissed because nobody's doing anything about this and the fact that people expect us to be happy with our lives when there's this constant risk that we could just die at school. School should not be a place that you feel like you don't want to go to because you might get shot and killed. You should be excited to go there. And so when I heard there was supposed to be a walkout and nobody was doing anything, I got my whole history class and I told them we're all going to walk out right now, get posters, make signs. And we all just walked down here and now we're all just trying to get something out there because so that somebody realizes that we actually care. So what has the conversation 
conversation really been like amongst peers? Like, what are you guys talking about between yourselves? We're talking about gun violence, how that has to come to a, an end, but also just our schools should be advocating for putting more fundings into mental health and just having, you know, knowing that students could go out and, you know, to reach out to somebody, you know. In majority of the school districts, there's in one in every school there's at least one therapist for a school for 3,000 students. I think there should be more than one inside. Do a lot of people utilize kind of the therapy, or is it kind of stigmatized? Therapy is definitely stigmatized. They do talk about like every once in a while they come to classes saying, "Yeah, you can go get therapy at the school," but nobody is going to want to go to the school for therapy because that's just like you get made fun of. You get like, "Oh, they have to go to therapy," la la la, like that type of stuff. So it's not like the best environment at the school for therapy. And then. You know, obviously COVID-19 is like already a big problem and then to throw on top of all these issues at school, gun violence, it's just too much. So we had to do something. In terms of like mental health services, do you feel like people are more comfortable just like seeking that privately instead of through school? Like what can we do better? I think schools should be open just putting more therapists out there. You know, they always say reach out to counselors or staffs, but like, you know, that kind of makes students not go like counselors are there to help you out and put your classes but therapists are licensed I get their license for child development but they're not licensed to like actually help you or give you some sort of treatment honestly what I think would be good is if like to really de-stigmatize like mental health maybe every single kid ha would like have like a, a second with like therapy or whatever like I feel like that so like then it like nobody like I, I don't know lots of people don't have access to like therapy and stuff so I feel like that like people that I don't know I'm making healthcare free you have to make healthcare free because if healthcare is not free, then therapy is not free. And I think a lot of people are not able to reach out because they're not able to fund for that. Often the people who do things like this aren't just crazy. Like there's also just there's motives behind it a lot of the time and that doesn't get talked about enough. And of course, like there should be more mental health help for kids who are not like benefiting from whatever from their environment or whatever and if that happens to be a school then that's where they first think of yeah like it is also just the direct access that we have especially in america with like no restrictions like literally on amazon like there was i like i was looking i found like this fake gun i was like looking through the other ones and it was like actual real rifles that they were selling on amazon it was like crazy because i was like what 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 is that usually just the way people goes about is the shooting happens it gets a ton of press everyone says um, sending thoughts and prayers and then it never gets talked about again so that's the main issue is just it needs to bring like real fucking change because it's not gonna happen so that's why you're out here today and not in class exactly okay so I'm kind of curious like what the conversation amongst like all you guys has been like like what what are you guys talking about right now well like a lot of the time I feel like a lot of people have tried to fight gun violence in schools by placing higher security measures, but it really just means that you end up fighting fire with fire and like guns shouldn't be ended by trying to combat that with more guns. And we're just trying to create like a community that's like safe for our peers and like make sure that we don't go to school every day and whenever we hear a loud noise worry that that might be someone with a gun. And like from this, we're just trying to create an environment where like, you know, we can go to school and I'll be happy and be safe and not have to worry that we could die. Can I ask you guys some questions? What are the conversations that you guys are having like amongst your peers or your families right now? Like what are you guys talking about? We're just talking about like like you know, like there should be like more protocols about giving out guns, like, yeah, like metal, yeah, more sa more safety measures, like stricter sa safety measures, like checking if like they're mentally stable enough to own a firearm. I don't think that like it should be that easy to get a hold of a gun like that. The gun violence that's happened like it's crazy on that the fact that there's been 27 
school shootings this year. Like imagine like you're afraid to send your own kid to school because there might like there's a chance of your kid getting shot if you get send your kid to school. Like that's crazy because I remember I was having a conversation with my mom and she was like she never had to practice anything like this and it's crazy that now we have to practice something like this and like it's like a risk like you say going to school. Every time there's a new shooting, every time I open you know Twitter and see it in the news and all of this stuff, I already know that my I'm gonna come home from school. And my mom is going to, you know, give me a hug and be like, "Oh, did you see the news?" And we're gonna have uh, a candid, very real conversation about gun violence because I think that is what's important is letting your children know what's happening, especially if they're too young. Having those conversations that might be tough but are still really important to have. The shootings across the nation for the last few years have been absolutely outrageous, and we are concerned for our safety and the safety of other children that attend school because school should be a safe place for everyone and clearly this country has other priorities other than our own safety. Our political leaders should be taking a stand. Instead they are focusing on creating laws that are regulating women's bodies in ways that are just awful and instead by doing that like they're just avoiding the choice to like help us and it's by, by the same logic, like it's like they should be helping us. It makes no sense. It's mind-boggling, and we want to make a change. Yeah. What do you want to happen from this? Um, well, we know that this is a smaller protest, but we hope that people around the state, the city, the nation, maybe like even the world, are like take a stand and try to help students out across not only the United States, but the world. The U.S. is at such a low from this. It is ridiculous. Touch on back what he said is that we're here to also speak up. I know it's not in California, but other states as well. Like, we're speaking up for states in Texas that are, that are unfortunate where the tragic happened. But we're not only speaking up to them, but we're speaking up to the kids who unfortunately passed away a long time ago from Sandy Hook, Parkland. You know, those things people think we forget, but, you know, that still is it's engraved in us. It's engraved in our country, and it's really embarrassing how the country is talking about protecting kids, let's like ban abortions, but the country can't provide no formula to babies. We're in a formula shortage. We're having all these kids dying. And how could a parent want to have a kid if they know their kids are not safe? Changes need to be made, how we feel. It's how we have a connection with the other people, how we don't feel safe. And it's school. We should be having fun, like, like learning, living our lives. But you are now on the street protesting. Yeah, now we're on the street, out of school, missing out on our education. And instead, we're trying to make a change for others in this nation. So, yeah. Thank you, guys. I'm so happy you're out here. You think so? Okay. All right. I hope you are. On Instagram, you'll probably like see it all over. Velarde Espinosa is currently running for school board in the LAUSD system. Erica is a mom, Girl Scout troop leader, and community activist. She's also the proud parent of two and currently serves as the education representative and treasurer of the Los Feliz Neighborhood Council, representing over 40,000 stakeholders and 5,000 LAUSD students. 
Here's what she has to say on the matter. Hi, Erica. This is Tatiana calling back. Oh, hi. Hi. In your opinion, you know, based off of what the current climate is with, you know, there's been a lot of changes in the past two years. You're somebody who has kids within the school system right now. We've had to pivot in general with a pandemic, right? So what are kind of the changes that you're noticing that need to sort of occur on more of a local level, especially around safety within our classrooms? You know, 10 years ago when Sandy Hook happened, a lot of the schools kind of installed this intercom locked door front door system. And then they required teachers to have their their school doors shut and locked at all times. You know, that was like a move to kind of keep kids protected within the school and in the classrooms. And, and that, you know, seemed very timely when that happened. And then over time, you know, and I used to volunteer at the elementary school a lot, they couldn't work in the classroom hallways. They couldn't go outside. Like it started to become kind of very restrictive to the actual learning process. So then the teacher started to open the doors again and they started to kind of move around the, the schools. What has happened in the last 48 hours is that everybody was put back into this feeling of 10 years ago. Of, oh my gosh, we have to lock ourselves inside the classroom. We have to make security at the front door more, more restrained. Everybody's kind of reeling in the last 48 hours, right? So so now you start to think, well, what, what really is the solution to keeping our kids safe? There's the practical, what do we do about it right now? And then there's this big picture of this serious issue we have going on in all of the United States. Like, this is not a problem that's going away. This is a problem right. that is back in force the minute we're out of quarantine, school shootings and massive mass murder shootings have been happening all over the U.S., in terms of school safety, shootings and gun killing and those kind of things are, that's that's one aspect of safety. What I've noticed since kids have been back, and I, I'm, you know, this is what I've heard from my kids and the schools and the teachers and the administrators I've talked to. Since kids have gone back to campus, there's been a very large uptick in fights. There's been um, some accounts of violence in the bathrooms. There was a stabbing like just two weeks ago that's like the bad stuff like the really bad stuff but there's been severe bullying there's been kids that don't know how to behave with each other social structures have been broken down kids are using language and words that are just beyond any normal you know 12 13 year old vocabulary so School safety is not just school shootings, right? It, it, there's so much more to the day-to-day -day stuff. You know, I was talking to a lot of students today, and they actually kept bringing up the idea that it's deeper than just the prevention of guns, right? It's It also goes into, and, and kind of to iterate off of what you said, you know, I grew up with the Sandy Hook and the lockdowns and the shutting of the door, and that felt very reactive to the situation instead of really getting to the root of it, which I believe a lot of the students even mentioned today, kind of comes down to the resources around really our mental health crisis. Every time I'm asked, what are the three most important things in this campaign? And to me, mental health is the first and number one. And 
And that comes like, it's not just having kids counseled with a counselor one-on-one telling them their problems, right? Like mental health is so much bigger than that. And having counselors get to every single student to make sure that they have enough time to talk to a counselor one-on-one. I mean, we just don't have the resources. We don't have the human beings to actually make that happen. The thing that I would really like to see is pushing for mental health and socio-emotional education. And we've been trying to bring in workshops and trying to bring in programs within the classroom and trying to bring, you know, yoga classes of which in the beginning, our principal kind of laughed and was like, oh, you guys are so silly. But over the 10 years, she's now like, oh, we are really advanced for what the kids really need. And this is a privilege of being in an elementary school where you have a very involved parent group. So what I would like to see is, is, is the LAUSD school board take action on bringing mental health, not just in the form of counseling, but in the actual day-to-day curriculum. And they kind of like touched on it, but poorly, poorly executed, where they added this advisory period once a week. So in high school, you go to your advisory and you talk to your homeroom teacher and they have somebody come on the loudspeaker and say, okay, today we're going to think about all the things we're grateful for. Let's all take one minute to think about it. That is not cutting it. Right. What I'd like to see is more mental health incorporated into the curriculum, whether it comes in the form of community partnerships with meditation, yoga, journaling, breath work, whatever is in your community that people can come in and teach kids on a weekly basis, these techniques. And then those kids can maybe go to visit those things on the outside, at least exposing them to different ways. Then having a curriculum where it allows for more creativity and arts in the program, because everybody's so busy about catching kids up, catching kids up, back up to grade level, the learning loss, all of those things are totally valid and true, but nothing is going to happen if you're not giving kids a space to be creative and to let their minds think and be exposed to new ideas and arts really has a good way of doing that and arts is always the thing that's get cut out of the curriculum first but without those creative outlets for kids they don't have that space to decompress there's always going to be angst especially teenage angst there's always going to be discomfort bullying all those aspects that go along with growing up. When you look at the shooting, you, we don't know all the details, but it seems like this child was a loner. And I'm calling him a child because he was 18 and just turned 18, but he seemed very alone. He did not have friends and nobody should feel like that. You know, it's like the, those are the kids that feel ostracized from society they don't have any acceptance they feel like they're not part of anything so what do they have to lose and so we all need to do better as a society we all need to bring everybody in you know and as a school site with with lots and lots of students this is this is something that's a responsibility of each and every school and needs to be funded and facilitated by the bigger organization the the school board 
to kind of iterate off of that too, I think there's something important in in kind of training around behavior and tools around mental health to also be able to teach kids to, if they see something, to say something and to really trust their intuition and really like be able to look out for not only themselves, but the community around them. And that's one of the conversations I've had quite often, you know, how, how do we know kids know how to say something? Mm. That's my question. How do we know that they know? Who do they talk to? Who do they tell? How do kids know where to go? Part of my platform is advocating for school police. And I know that that's not something that a lot of the candidates are supportive of because, you know, a lot of kids feel like the school police make them feel like they're in prison or they target them, et cetera, et cetera. And I don't want to take away anybody's feelings because that is not the feeling that anybody should have on campus. But what I think school police should be is somebody who knows the student body, who is walking campus, is friends with them, who has a one-on-one relationship, who goes into the classroom and talks with the students, who has an open feeling that says, if you see something, I'm here, say something to me and let them know you're not going to get in trouble. If you tell me the school police could be that conduit that makes kids understand. Actually, the police are there for you. That's their job to serve and protect you. So by you being friends with them and you being feeling like you can tell them and talk to them, you have somebody serving you, taking care of you, making sure you're safe. And if you have something you need to tell them, you can tell them without any consequence. For people voting on the upcoming elections, what's really something that you want them to take into consideration as they're filling out their ballots? That I don't think that education can be effective without strong mental health. In order for us to really have a a strong school system, we need to make sure that our students are healthy. If we don't start with mental health, the kids are not in a place where they can actually excel and learn and be in a good place. Well, Erica, I just want to thank you for your time and your insight here. I so appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Have a good evening. Bye, Erica. See ya. As you'll gather from this conversation, this is not just a mental health crisis, an issue. This is a gun access issue, one that is pervasive in the U.S. and one that many other countries have seemingly figured out. Here's what you can do. Take to the polls, donate a wonderful organization that many of you may already be familiar with is everytown.org, Everytown for Gun Safety and take local action. Change begins with your local community. It's one person, one minor change at a time. Many times with issues like these, it can feel overwhelming, wondering where we can start, where we can begin to take action. It starts locally. Thank you to all the students who did the walkouts yesterday, who are out here in support of stricter gun control. And thank you to those who are educators, and continuing to show up for students every day. I hope to see you all at the polls.
Thank you for listening to the Bedside Podcast. If you liked this episode and want to follow along with similar stories and interviews, be sure to check out our Instagram at The Bedside and thebedside.co online. Make sure to subscribe, leave a review, and of course, share with your friends. It's the best way you can support us and our good sex mission. Thank you for listening. Bye.